Okay, thank you, Alvin. That's a blessing, wasn't it? That's a good one too, to the work, to the work. All right, I, um, I um, pondered and pondered what to preach about tonight and uh, well, I asked the Lord, frankly, when Andrew asked me the other day and I didn't want to preach and he said, well, preach this. I said, okay, I know. The other day, or a few weeks ago now, Pastor Shemish preached on the ravens. Remember that message? It really struck me, and it really helped me, actually, the fact that God allows ravens in our lives at times, like he did with Elijah, and used ravens, an unclean bird, unclean uh, in the sight of God, as it's uh, um, shown there back in Exodus, and through Numbers and Deuteronomy, but God used ravens in a mighty way in Elijah's life, fed him for some time. And uh, good to see Phil come in out the scrub. And anyway, I, um, I, it really uh, was a blessing to me and, and the fact that, you know, there's times when we have raven moments, all of us, you know, and God uses something unclean in our lives to bless us, to help us. And it's a little hard to reconcile at times. But I want to talk tonight about dogs, good dogs in the Bible. And you probably look at me and say, well, there aren't any good dogs in the Bible. Well, there actually there is, although it's hard to find. Um, there's nearly 60 references to dogs in the Bible, if you count wolves and foxes and wolf. And uh, there's nearly 60, and there's probably only one real reference, one, one solid reference that you can say it talks about good dogs. And uh, I wonder if anybody knows that reference. Anybody know it? Michaela, do you know it? Whereabouts is it, sweetheart? John, do you know it? Sorry? Righto, righto. I'll take you there. Job chapter 30. Now, I, I, I hope John doesn't think I'm criticising him. I'm not in any way, John. After your last message that you preached, it was very good. And but you did make a statement that God doesn't use sheepdogs. But uh, I beg to differ. And uh, let's have a little look. Job chapter 30 and verse 1, and here Job is speaking and he's, uh, remember he's been listening to three friends or so-called friends that have criticised him for some time and uh, Job really makes a harsh statement here but he gives reference to the fact that he thinks, Job thinks that his dogs were pretty special, his sheep dogs, he mentions his sheep dogs here. He says, but now they that are younger than I have me in derision. In other words, they've been criticising him and, and trying to deride his faith and say that, you know, you're only in this predicament because you're a sinner. And uh, God has taken everything away from you because you've obviously sinned, something bad in your life. But Job makes a great statement here and he says, whose fathers, so he's speaking about these three friends and he says, your fathers... I wouldn't have even let them have control of my sheepdogs. See that, what it says there? I would have disdained to have set with the dogs of my flock. So Job had sheepdogs. 
And he thought highly of his sheepdogs. And you get any farmer that's worth his salt, and especially, you know, if he's got sheep or cattle even, a cattle, a cattle farmer and he has dogs that help him, they are invaluable if they're a good dog. And I want to show you the, the, tonight. Most of the references in the Bible speak about bad dogs, okay? Uh, 99% of them. But here there's a reference to good dogs. And you know the difference between a good dog and a bad dog. A good dog is one that will obey his master, right? Is useful, profitable to his, you know, his, his owner. And you might have a good dog at home. And, you know, you've, you've seen the references along with me and thought, how do I reconcile the fact that this dog I have is so valuable to me? Perhaps just as a companion dog. It's valuable to you, isn't it? You know, uh, it's, it's faithful, it's loyal to you. And if it's a watchdog, you have a dog because you want a watchdog and it barks at the right time, lets you know when there's danger around. And, uh, you know, it's a good watchdog. Uh, we have dogs that are used as rescue dogs, warfare dogs. Remember the other day um, that dog helped them find, uh, you know, the Isis fella and helped them, helped them uh, capture him even though he was dead. But um, uh, endurance dogs, blind guide dogs, you know, you get a, a person with a blind dog and they'll tell you that's my best mate. He helps me get around, you know. He's my eyes uh, and, you know, uh, helps a, a, a blind person. Did you see the, the uh, article the other day about, was it Suki, I think, the name of the dog, the biosecurity dog in Darwin? And has helped them find, in, in a month, helped them find 40 articles of food and stuff that have been tried to be brought into Australia that could bring uh, swine fever into, or swine, whatever it is, into Australia. If it gets into Australia, you watch out, you know. You won't have pig farms around uh, that are any good. They'll just be ruined. And uh, if... If uh, varroa mite gets into Australia for bees, the bee industry will be ruined, uh, as most of it is for the rest of the world. Australia is a, a good place to be in many respects. And so this dog, Suki, is a, a, a golden Labrador, invaluable, invaluable to our country. So, you know, dogs are an unclean animal in the Bible, though, aren't they? You know, considered unclean. But... Um, we, we refer to dogs as often as man's best friend, don't we? Apart from each other, you know, a dog can be so good for us, loyal. You go to many uh, old folks' homes now and they have companion dogs there and it helps the elderly to uh, uh, just have them around. So here we are. Job obviously thought greatly of the dogs of his flock even though he wasn't there the day they were destroyed. But he heard word, you know. He said, I've got good men that looked after my sheep. And uh, they were destroyed. The fire of God came down from heaven. You see in Job 1 verse 16, and they were destroyed along with the flock and the servants. <coughs> in uh, Job 1.16, you could turn there if you wanted to. But I want you to come with me now to Isaiah. Isaiah, I've been um, 
Isaiah 56. Isaiah 56. Been fighting a wog this week and <coughs> I apologise if I cough a little bit. I'll be sucking some uh, fishermen's friends to keep it at bay. Here is a reference not to good dogs, I know, but it gives us the fact that, uh, it gives us sort of, if we, if we look at the opposite, meaning that, you know, dogs can be good. Here it's speaking about the watchman of Israel and says his watchmen are blind. <coughs> they are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs. Which can never have enough and they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his gain from his quarter. Isn't it interesting here that the watchmen of Israel, uh, whether it be the kings, whether it be the priests, you know, be, be the, the Levites, be the leaders... You know, the leaders of Israel, he's speaking and says his watchmen are blind. Because <coughs> he mentions then, you know, the fact that they are shepherds in verse 11. But in the middle, he calls them dogs, dumb dogs. Dumb as in mute. They won't bark. They won't give out warning when they ought to. Uh, lying down, sleeping, dreaming all the time instead of being ready to the work, ready to the job. You know, that last song we sung, Alvin, was great. To the work, to the work. And as God's shepherds, and you and I, in some respect or other, are shepherds in our family, in our, in our, in our homes, in our workplace, in the school here, we're shepherds. We're shepherds over our flock of children, perhaps, or family. We're shepherds, each one of us. And, uh, you know, we can take heed there, here that, okay, God is pointing out some bad dogs here. Obviously, he wanted them to be good dogs, didn't he? Now, I know he doesn't refer to good dogs in the Bible, but just, you know, looking at the opposite, obviously, we can be good dogs or like a good dog. You know, we, the, the scriptures are often, you know, the likes, aren't they? Uh, we are all like sheep that have gone astray. So uh, you look at the opposite of this. We don't want to be dumb dogs. We don't want to be sleeping dogs, uh, just dreaming and looking after our own gain, greedy dogs, which can never have enough. And at the end of verse 11 says, everyone for his gain. They, they all look to their own way, everyone for his gain, from his quarter, so from his point of view. And we all do that, like we all see whatever we see from our point of view. We can't help it, can we? Because that's where we're at. We're at our point in life and we see things from our point of view. But God, God wants us to look from his point of view and to be like a good dog who is faithful to his master. You know, Job's dogs were obviously very faithful to him but then faithful to his under-shepherds, the servants that looked after his flock. He wasn't there personally at the point when he lost all his flock, but <coughs> obviously he had been. He had such regard for the dogs of his flock. 
that he was careful who he put in charge of them. You can ruin a good dog very quickly. And uh, if you entrust a, a, a sheep dog to the wrong person for half an hour, he can ruin that dog. He can mistreat it and damage that dog to not be as good as it used to be. <coughs> when I was growing up, we had a neighbour and uh, his name was Walter Zilowicz. He was a Polish man and I, I just remember him from, you know, these little ones' age. I can remember him sort of up and uh, until I got to the point where I... <coughs> actually went and shore his rams for him one day as probably I was 16 at the time and he came over home to get my brother uh, who you know done a lot more shearing than I had and crutching and he wanted my brother Peter to shear these four new rams that he'd bought. Anyway I, I said well Peter's not home, not going to be home for a few days or whatever it was, I can't remember, I said but I can shear them for you. Anyway crazy I was you know. I hadn't done much shearing, I went and, but I did, I went and shore these rams. But anyway, Walter, Walter is really stuck in my mind for his sheepdogs. He had four sheepdogs and he named them Hooligan, Criminal, <laughs> Ugly and Useless. <laughs> that was his four sheepdogs. And each one of them lived up to their names. <laughs> useless was useless. Ugly, well, sadly, she was ugly. Criminal was a criminal. And he'd kill the sheep instead of looking after them. And Hooligan, well, I can remember Walter, you know, when, when Hooligan wouldn't do what he wanted him to do, he'd just yell abuse and pick up rocks and throw at him and... And then one time he got the gun and shot Hooligan. Didn't kill him, but did Hooligan come back? Well, it took him a week before he came back. That was the way Walter looked after his dogs. And they fitted the bill, you like. They fitted the name. They weren't much good. And I can remember my brother trying to take, uh, you know, his dogs and make something out of them. Well, it was a waste of time. They'd already been ruined. And Job knew that his dogs in the wrong hands could be ruined very quickly. But uh, you get a faithful sheepdog. I saw a picture the other day of a man that lost his home in the fires. I think just here on the Sunshine Coast. I'm not sure. It might have been in New South Wales. But there's a picture of him and his two border collie dogs. And you could see the faithfulness in the eyes of those dogs. And they were invaluable to him. And they like that. You know, you get a good sheepdog and he's invaluable to his owner. I had one really good, valuable sheepdog in my time. It's hard to get a, a really good one. You can get a lot of bad ones or a lot of half useless ones. And if you treat them like Walter did, well, they're 100% useless, you know. But anyway, I had one really good sheepdog and his name was Kelly. And... Uh, um, uh, I could do just about anything with Kelly. You know, I could tell him to grab a sheep, you know, single a sheep out, and he would grab it. Grab it by the neck, by the, 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 uh, 
loose skin around the neck and just hold it for me until I got there. And then I'd say, let, right, I let it go. And he'd let it go. And uh, he, if, if I wanted him to go to the front of the mob, I could send him to the front and he'd hold him up. And if I wanted him to follow behind the mob, I could get him to go behind and he'd just go back and forwards. He didn't like that too much. He wanted to go to the front all the time. But I could tell him to stay at the back. He was invaluable to me. He really was. He was a good sheepdog. Uh, my son, Matthew, was actually given the dog. And, uh, but Matthew said to me one day, he said, Dad, can you take Kelly with you on the bike? And he was only a pup at the time. And I took him with me and, and he showed his worth sort of that first day. And after that, he always came to me and jumped on the bike with me. So poor Matthew sort of missed out on his dog and uh, but anyway I just wanted to uh, show you a couple of things tonight about sheepdogs uh, like I've said I've shown you that sheepdogs are in the Bible only that one reference in Job but it's inconceivable to me that sheepdogs were not used in Old Testament times just simply because of the size of some of the mobs of sheep in the Bible uh, there's huge mobs of sheep mentioned. Job had 7,000 sheep at the beginning when he lost them. He had 14,000 at the end. Uh, a fellow called Nabal in, in 1 Samuel 25 was recorded that he had 3,000 sheep there. And uh, in 2 Kings 3 and verse 4, if you want to look at that sometime, uh, Misha, the king of Moab, it says, rendered to the king of Israel each year, so I believe that it means that he rendered each year, he brought taxes of, he was under tribute to Israel at the time, and it says that he rendered to the king of Israel 100,000 lambs and 100,000 rams in the wool. So if you do your maths, that's 200,000 sheep each year he had to walk across to Israel. And uh, when it says 100,000 rams in the wool, means that they were full wool, means that they were ready to be shorn. So they had to be shorn as soon as they were brought into Israel because the wool was, you know, valuable. And it mentions a shearing shed in, uh, in 2 Kings chapter 10. The shearing house, by the way. We won't go there. But uh, in other places, you know, the kings had great flocks of sheep. Uh, uh, Solomon did in 2 Chronicles 7, 2 Chronicles 35, Josiah. Josiah there and he's one of the last good king of Israel or Judah and he rendered or he gave to the people one year. They had the Passover and it was one of the biggest Passovers that was had in Israel um, after, you know, Solomon and David. And uh, he gave to the people 30,000 lambs and kids from his flock. So to be able to give 30,000 animals, you have to have a big flock to produce them, don't you? To be able to keep the breeding flock and, and so forth. So I would imagine that he had, you know, 120,000 sheep to be, uh, you know, perhaps more. So it's inconceivable to me uh, and you can disagree with me if you like, it doesn't really matter, but it's inconceivable to me that they didn't use sheepdogs. They would have had to have used sheepdogs in the Bible. Uh, the Hagarites were, uh, sorry, the Hagarites were 
brought under subjection to the Reubenites, the Reuben and, and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh in 1 Chronicles 5, verses 19 and 21, and the Hagarites were brought under subjection by them and, and they walked away 250,000 sheep. 250,000 sheep. All right, why do I say all that? Well, I just want to make a statement. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid in your ministry, whatever your ministry is, to be likened to a dog. But I hope you want to be a good dog. All right? Don't be afraid to be likened to a dog. If somebody calls you a, 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 a good dog, well, I, take it as a compliment. Take it as a good compliment. But don't be like the watchman back there in Isaiah 56, you know. Dumb dog. You don't want to be a dumb dog. And you don't want to be a greedy dog either. Be a good dog. Be a good dog. Do you know the name Caleb? Do you know what it means? It means dog. It means faithful. Loyal. Now, Caleb is one of the greatest, you know, characters in the Bible, isn't he? In Numbers, he and Joshua, the only two spies that went into the land and brought back a good report. And Caleb was faithful. Faithful to Moses, faithful to Joshua, but ultimately faithful to the Lord. And his very name bears that out. He wasn't like hooligan or useless or criminal. He was faithful. Caleb, Caleb. Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and uh, a faithful dog. To actually take it even a little bit further, you know, Caleb was probably a Gentile. And, you know, Gentiles to the Jews were referred to as dogs. You know, like I said, dog is not Refer, you know, in the Bible is generally a negative thing, you know. It's a derogatory term to be called a dog. Abishai spoke about Shimei, didn't he, to David and said, you know, how can this dead dog say what he is? Let me go and take his head off. So there's a lot of references like that which um, refers to uh, uh, somebody as a, you know, a dead dog, a greedy dog, a lazy dog. Whatever, whatever. But one of the attributes of a good dog and a good sheep dog particularly is their ability to, as I said, go to the front or go to the behind of a mob of sheep <coughs> can actually lead. A dog can actually, a good sheep dog can actually lead the flock. And you say, well, that's not right, Brother Robin. Well, it is, just believe me, Okay. Kelly, to an extent, he was really good at going to the front of a mob and holding them up for me and bringing them to me. And because often you get a mob of sheep and, and the front ones just want to run. And then the back ones can't keep up. Okay? So there's times when you have to go to the front and hold them up so that the stragglers can catch up and keep up with the mob. It's a great, it's a, it's a skill. To, uh, to, to work livestock. And uh, actually, come with me as we're saying this. Come with me to, to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. And I want you to see that... Um, or I want us to see that 
you know, a minister or a servant of God can be like a good sheepdog. And here we see David being chosen uh, by the Lord. Oh, sorry, that wasn't the right reference for us to look at now, but anyway, we're there. So verse 70 to 72, like I said, there's a good sheepdog can go before or behind. And here we see David being chosen. He chose David also his servant in verse 70 and took him from the sheepfolds from following the ewes great with young. He brought him to feed Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. There's many a time for a shepherd to actually work behind the flock, not always in front, okay? And just like a good sheepdog, Kelly, I could send him to the front uh, and he'd hold him up. He was really good at that. He used to want to go to the front and lead the flock, but he wasn't really good at that. What he'd do is he'd, he'd dance out to the side, and because he'd sort of dance out to the side, you know, I'm sort of, you know, does a dog dance? Well, Kelly used to dance. But he'd sort of prance, you know, prance, dance, and he'd go out to the side and I'd have to ride up and say, listen, cut that out, you know. And I'd, have to, I'd send him back and I'd, I'd have to do his job, sort of going to the front and uh, leading the, 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 the flock. And I'd send him to the back. But he was... I guess he was still invaluable, but he'd sort of dance sideways and because he danced sideways, the sheep would go sideways. They'd sort of spread out into the paddock more than going along the fence like I wanted them to do. So uh, he was really good at holding them up, but not so good at leading them. He was fairly good at, at following them. And you see here, David is pictured as following the ewes, great with young. A shepherd's not always out in front. He has to be behind often and just nurturing along the young ones. The, 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 the ewes, great with young. They, they got either, either they're still carrying them and they haven't had their young yet or they've got young ones, lambs at foot, and lambs at foot with, with, uh, with mothers are the worst sheep to travel with, the worst sheep to drive, the worst sheep to sort of walk anywhere because they're just fussing with their babies all the time. It's just what it is until they grow up a little bit and uh, get a bit older. But here David is pictured as following the ewes, great with young, and he brought him to feed Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. So he fed them. This is late afterwards. He became the shepherd of Israel, not the shepherd of the, of the sheep, but the shepherd of Israel. And he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. It's a real skillful thing to, to uh, lead and to follow sheep. But it's an even bigger skillful thing to lead a flock of people or a mob of people. And uh, it's, it's that for you in your family or in your ministry, in your you know, Sunday school or wherever in the school. And uh, it's a great skill that God has to give you or give us. Uh, I said that, you know, Moses, we could go to Exodus 3, 1, just jot that down and look at it later, but it says there that Moses led the flock, led the flock of his father-in-law to the backside of the desert. But come with me now to Amos, Amos chapter 7, Amos chapter 7. 
Amos chapter 7 and we see that Amos refers to himself as the herdman of Tekoa. Someone was criticising Amos and saying, um, why don't you go back to where you come from? We don't really want you around here. And uh, go, back to, uh, <coughs> go back to Israel. Go back to where you belong. Um, Hosea, Joel, Amos. I'm sort of struggling to find it right now. But Amos chapter 7. Uh, Prophesy not again anymore at Bethel, in verse 13, for it's the king's chapel and it's the king's court. Okay, so uh, Amos was from, from Judah. And he'd gone up into Israel to Bethel and was prophesying there and they didn't like him. And they said, but Amos answered in verse 14 and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was an herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. That was like figs. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock, as I followed the flock. And the Lord said unto me, go prophesy under my people Israel. Now, I'm sure that Amos led the flock as well. But it says there he followed them, doesn't it? It's just as important for a shepherd to be faithful following the flock as well as to be leading the flock. There's, there's all those parts, all those attributes of being a, a good shepherd. And like I said, a good sheepdog demonstrates those attributes or those characteristics as well. <coughs> Caleb was certainly that, wasn't he? He, uh, he? he faithfully went and did what he was given to do, going in as a spy, came back with a good report, but then he had to wait, you know, 40 years for his inheritance, but he faithfully served the Lord for 40 years, waiting for his inheritance. One of the one of the greatest things for a sheepdog, one of the greatest characteristics of a good sheepdog is his ability to wait, to wait on his master and just to do what he's asked to do even when he can't see his master. I, I remember, I think I was reading the book um, Cattle King by Ian Idris. I think it was um, uh, Sidney Kidman who was travelling somewhere up through Australia in the outback at some stage and he noticed this flock of sheep going along the stock route with no, no shepherd there but one dog. And he said to whoever was with him, he said, whose is that dog? And, uh, and, and the guy said, oh, that's Bob the, you know, that's Bob the, uh, whatever, Bob the uh, uh, grazier's dog, Mac. He often leaves him like that. You know, he'll go on ahead, Bob go, go on ahead and leave Mac behind with the flock and he'll just bring him along all day until the end of the day and he'll find Bob up the road and deliver the sheep to him. That's a faithful dog. That's a dog who waited on his master even when the master wasn't there. And uh, a great thing, Caleb was like that, wasn't he? Devotion that Caleb had to the Lord was just amazing. And uh, loyal, faithful, devoted, wholehearted, brave, brave. We'll finish off. I just want to refer to our Lord Jesus. 
Now, I'm not likening Jesus to a dog, okay? But the attributes of leading and following, if anyone demonstrates them, it's Jesus. Jesus was faithful to his Father. He was sent from heaven with a job to do, wasn't he? And he walked this earth leading, you know, leading his 12 disciples particularly. Uh, He led them for three years. He taught them along the way. He gave them tasks to do. But then he died. Now, he was faithful to his master, Heavenly Father, and he was ready to go to him. He was ready to die for him. He waited upon his father the whole time. And then he's leading, you know, he's leading his flock, his disciples, as well as, you know, whoever else was around, but particularly he dealt with 12 disciples. After the crucifixion, what happened to those 12 disciples? Well, they just split, didn't they? They split in all directions. They sort of hung back, you know, they watched from a distance, but they weren't there faithful to the Lord Jesus like they'd been taught to be. But he'd warned them about the fact that this time was going to come, that they would, you know, desert him. They would uh, deny him. They'd be unfaithful. But he said to Peter, he said, but I've prayed for you. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. I tell you what, Jesus was amazing to his flock, wasn't he? They, they deserted him. They, they had done everything to raise his ire, as it were, you know. When a shepherd raises it like his anger rises toward his sheepdog, towards his, toward his, his servant, you know, that should be serving him. And like I said, Walter ruined his sheepdogs because he abused them. And they'd run away. They weren't faithful. But he abused them. Well, Jesus never abused his Servants, never abused his disciples. He knew it was going to happen. We, we know all that. But I want you to think about it. The way that he, he led his disciples and then he followed his disciples until he brought them back into line again. He was so faithful with them and so gentle with them as the good shepherd as the chief shepherd, as the great shepherd. And Peter went on to record later on, you know, you were as sheep going astray, but you've now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. You know, he was speaking of you know, those that got saved after Pentecost, etc. But at that time, you know, after the crucifixion, Peter was anything but faithful. And he was away from his shepherd. It took 40 days before Peter really got back in line. And the whole 12. 
before the crucifixion, they all said with him, we'll go and die with you. But they didn't, did they? But Peter is the one that's picked on in the scriptures or is recorded as the one that said that, you know, I'll follow you to death. But then it says, so said they all. So the whole lot of them, the whole leaven, Judas we know betrayed him, but the whole leaven really deserted him. And it took 40 days. Now you say, well, it didn't have to take 40 days, but the fact is it did. Jesus appeared to the disciples, it says, I think in John, that he appeared to them three times to the disciples. Remember what Thomas said? He said, I won't believe unless I see myself and poke my fingers in the holes and thrust my hand in his side. I won't believe even after they told him. Then when Jesus did present himself to Thomas, Thomas said, my Lord, my God. Blessed art thou, Thomas, you've seen, but blessed are those that haven't seen and have believed. It still took another couple of, of, uh, or another occurrence, another revelation of the Lord Jesus to them. He followed them to Galilee and he presented himself to them at the, at the Sea of Galilee. And he, he said, uh, boys, have you caught anything? Remember they said, we're going fishing. They fished all night. I know the Lord orchestrated that, that they didn't catch any. So that he could teach them. But the fact is, he was patient with them. He followed them. He was like, a, he was like David with the ewes, great with young, behind them. Brethren, you're in ministry, we're in ministry. This is called Good Shepherd Baptist Church. We want to be good shepherds, don't we, where we're at in our ministry. You, you want to be a leader? Lead. But remember, as a leader, you've also got to follow and bring in those that are straying like Peter. Bring them back. It's part of being a good shepherd. Jesus was the greatest. He was so patient with his disciples. It took him, well, he, he could have done it in the day after, I know that. But it shows us something, the fact of his patience and his working with his disciples for 40 days. His patience to turn them again. We could go to Psalm 80. We're not going to go there now, we're finishing. But we could go to Psalm 80. It's a beautiful picture there in Psalm 80 of the Lord's, uh, God speaking about Israel and, and the Israelites saying and asking, God, turn us again. Turn us again. And it's a great picture of a mob of sheep being turned back to the Lord and individuals being turned back to the Lord. And Peter had to be turned back to the Lord. He really wanted to go astray. He really had it. You know, he really had it up to his neck with the Lord Jesus. He said, I'm finished with Jesus at the crucifixion. He just couldn't work it out and he wanted to go off. Jesus patiently brought him back. Patiently brought him back. Brethren, you and I need to patiently bring each other back when we see each other go astray. It's part of being a good shepherd. Part of being a, might I say it, a good sheepdog, like a good sheepdog. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your goodness to us and thank you for the great pictures in the Bible 
the pictures that you give us and uh, the likes, the things of like, like this, like that. So help us, we pray, to uh, just learn of you and to put into practice what we learn, like Peter learnt to do and John and all the others. And Father, we just want to thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.